It occurred to me one day as I left my counselor's office that the things I wanted to talk about were kind of like the tiny tip of an iceberg. You know how a small part of an iceberg rises above the water, but most of an iceberg is beneath the surface? That little part on top that pokes out of the water was my anxiety, my nausea, and my physical symptoms. That was the stuff I was paying attention to and the stuff I wanted gone. But under the water, that great big mass of submerged ice, that was the stuff she wanted to talk about. She wanted to talk about the operating system that I had going on. What were the thoughts and beliefs that I had that were causing me all these troubles? I had come in the first time I met her saying, well, these are my symptoms, please make them go away. And she knew, because she was an expert, that she had to get to the thoughts and beliefs underneath that were running the show in my head. For people who come to Nutrition Loft wanting to permanently stop binge eating, the tip of their iceberg often includes body weight. That's what they see, and they want to get right down to business getting rid of it. But the expert in us coaches knows better, and today we'll explore why we need to start with something that's not weight loss at the beginning of someone's journey. To free someone from binge eating, we need to take time and not focus on weight loss, and I'll explain why. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. For our Breaking Up with Binge Eating coaching program, we use a Facebook group that's separate from our weight loss group coaching and separate from the one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. The reason for that is focusing on weight loss is detrimental to the recovery process, especially early on when someone's first trying to stop binge eating. So we don't want our binge eating clients to have people talking about their weight loss goals or weight loss directed behaviors all around them. It wouldn't be a good thing for us to be telling some clients, okay, really it's best if you stop thinking about your weight. And then other clients are like, yay, I'm down another pant size. You know, that makes it kind of difficult. Because here's the thing, almost all of our binge eating clients do want to lose weight. So by asking them to try and not lose weight, we're asking them to try and stop doing something they want to do. And that's a very difficult thing. And we do move into skills that help with weight loss, but we don't want people to be thinking about that during the first few weeks. The first few weeks are all about stopping the pattern of binge eating. When we talk about the importance of trying to not lose weight initially, I ask our clients what their experience has been like before, since they've all tried to lose weight, and how did that impact their binge frequency? Responses typically sound like these, which are actual client quotes from our Facebook group. Here's one. For me, I shouldn't try and lose weight and stop the binge cycle at the same time, because I feel that attempts at weight loss and all my yo-yo dieting over the years has just perpetuated the binging cycle. Restrict, binge, restrict, binge, and the cycle continues. Here's another client quote. Whenever I try to lose weight, I return to binging. Whenever I restrict calories in some way or make weight loss my focus, it can take a day or a week or a month, but the inevitable response is a return to binging. Whereas when I focus on feeling well, 
eating in a way that feels great, moving in a way that feels great, and eating until I'm satisfied, it's a lot easier to dismiss urges to binge, and they eventually fade. The kicker for me, however, is that I'm so hard-pressed to leave the desire to lose weight for very long. So I might be able to notice non-scale victories for a month or so, but then I expect my body to change from not binging. That's what happened this last time. I had weeks binge-free, I felt amazing, and my weight was still the same. And I got frustrated. I started to cut back, and boom, started binging again. A third client chimed in and added that for her, it's actually almost immediate. Even if she plans to purposely avoid food or restrict certain foods, it triggers a response in her that she can't control. It feels like being told what she can or can't do, and she just has this intense urgency to binge right away. Even if she gets through that urge and says no to food at lunch, for example, historically, it's made her feel like she was missing out, and then she'd binge later in the day. So she wanted to know how that would change if she would ever be able to say no to a food. She added that she's not a rebellious person at all. If anything, she's always a rule follower and people pleaser. This led to a pretty awesome exchange between more of the clients and both of us coaches, and I won't paste all of that verbatim in here. But the big idea is that the problem with dieting isn't just that it heightens your physical drives to binge, but that it kicks up all sorts of mental gunk too. And this unhelpful domino effect starts when you say no to food, or even think about eating less, and it leads to binge eating, the complete opposite of what you were trying to do. I call this the problem with no. And it's a key problem we have to solve before losing weight without binge eating is doable. If you have a problem with saying no or hearing no, if you always seem to bow down to what other people want and put your desires on the back burner, this is a superb thing to focus on. It may sound like it doesn't have anything to do with reaching a healthy relationship with food or a lower body weight, but trust me, you're going to see how it does. Chloe, not her real name, has a hard time saying no or disagreeing with other people. This comes down to fear. She fears the other person will not like her anymore, or that the other person will suffer significantly if she says no, or that saying no makes her a mean or a bad person. None of these are necessarily true. It's not going to kill a healthy relationship to have a difference of opinion. And declining one request for her time might inconvenience someone, but probably isn't going to cause epic suffering. And it certainly doesn't make Chloe a bad person to consider her own needs. Her needs might not include volunteering at a bake sale every weekend. But still, she has these thoughts and beliefs floating around. They pressure her to always say yes and always try to please other people. This can lead to Chloe having trouble losing weight. Let me explain the two ways how that happens. First, we often apply the same logic to ourselves as we apply to other people. So if we predict that saying no to ourselves is going to make us feel left out, sad, or deprived, we're going to not want to do it. So we dare not turn down food, and we dare not try to eat slightly less, because we anticipate there's a whole lot of suffering that's going to happen if we do. That leads to unconditionally saying yes. Yes, I'll have that cake. Yes, a second slice of pizza would be great, thanks. Yes, I'd like the bigger one for 10 cents more, thank you. 
if we do manage to say no to food, then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And since we predicted massive suffering, we imagine that we feel massive suffering. We tell ourselves how terrible it is that we missed out. And then we feel sad. And binge eating is a common end result of trying to fix or undo that sadness. The second way the no problem can cause eating trouble is if we aren't used to saying no, we try to please everyone else all the time. When we bend over backwards and ignore our own needs, that creates imbalance, anger, and resentment. When we overextend ourselves in this way, we naturally develop the opposite force inside us. It's kind of like that equal and opposite reaction concept from physics. That voice sounds like, where's mine? When do I get what I want? I'm always taking care of everybody else. Who takes care of me, huh? And that reflex to take something for ourselves for a change, even if it's only now and then, can lead to dramatic overeating or binge eating. So how do we shift this dynamic so that saying no doesn't always pose such a problem? I'd start with Chloe by discussing why saying no seems to be such a bad thing to her. We'd soon see that her fears aren't realistic. For example, her friends are rational people. They won't be furious if she says no to a last-minute dinner invitation because she already has plans. That's a perfectly normal thing to say. I often have my clients test out things like that and practice, saying no to a drink or an invitation and see what happens. They almost always come back, they laugh out loud, and they tell me it was absolutely no big deal at all. It's also helpful to talk about the fact that it's impossible to protect everyone on the planet from disappointment or inconvenience. That makes sense, doesn't it? But yet, don't we try and do it sometimes? Of course, we're going to inconvenience other people, but they'll be okay. And we can accept that. That's part of living in a world where we're connected to other people. Sometimes we need help, sometimes we inconvenience each other, and we scratch each other's back when we need it. The other person could actually become stronger as a result of you saying no sometime. Let them figure out their own problem on occasion. Side note, there's a big lesson in here about being a coach too. Try not to do everything for your clients. They are capable adults. When it comes to learning to say no to ourselves, in particular with food, the process is similar. When we stop making negative predictions, we can experiment with choosing no on an isolated occasion and seeing if we do, in fact, have less fun. Or maybe we're actually fine. Another client of mine, Kendra, reported that, to her surprise, eating slightly less made her happier because she didn't have heartburn so much of the time and she just slept better at night. To sum this up, we get comfortable with saying yes or no by trusting that other people can handle it. And we become okay with saying no to ourselves in the same way, by trusting that we can handle it. Nothing awful will happen, and there might even be benefits. You have to give it a try to develop this trust in yourself. When you can comfortably say yes or no to yourself and to others, it gives you a lot of options. That means you have freedom to choose. Sometimes you want to say yes, sometimes you want to say no. I bet you can see how this makes weight loss possible without triggering reactive binges. Feeling like we have choices and that no matter what we choose, it's from our own free will, gives us this feeling of calm and security. 
it cools down that red-hot urge to just lash out and take what's ours before it's gone. In our current group, my co-coach Mary Claire pointed out that seeing our food intake as lots of choices that we get to make, rather than rules, is key to being able to eventually choose a calorie deficit. And if we feel like we choose, we just get less crazy about it. In her words, if we make food choices into rules like, I am not allowed to eat that, bad stuff happens. When we finally cave and we have some, we better eat a lot more because we're never going to let ourselves eat that again, ever. The truth is, we can really eat whatever we want, whenever we want. Nothing's off limits. The police are not standing guard at your refrigerator. I think that's one of the reasons adding food rules backfires so spectacularly when you're trying to lose weight, but also not binge. For the initial phase of the Breaking Up with Binge Eating program, we emphasize making choices that feel good and just letting go of the food rules. You really have a choice in every situation. It's also worth noticing that your choices are far more diverse than just yes and no. You can say, maybe later not right this moment, or how about this alternative, or can I think about it? You can also change your mind. Just because you agreed to something doesn't mean you can't call someone and let them know, I overcommitted myself and I need to reschedule. People understand because they have done this too. It's pretty human. So when you tell someone you need to change your answer, they'll probably get it. They probably will appreciate your honesty because you didn't lie to them or just not show up. Or worse yet, you didn't force yourself to do it and then be angry and resentful. When it comes to feeling free to choose yes or no, or maybe later, with food, notice how the story you tell yourself changes everything. Poor me, I'm so deprived, leads to a really different experience than, wow, I feel so empowered, I chose a healthy meal and that feels pretty good. Deprivation is a state of mind, not a calorie intake level. What I love about this topic is it reveals so many individual ways that efforts to lose weight can prevent healing from binge eating. While we touched on some reasons why that is, we have barely nicked the iceberg. This whole problem with no and not having choice is just one small piece of how dieting and weight loss attempts often create and perpetuate binge eating problems. It takes time to undo all of these factors, but over the course of about three months, we watch our clients come really far. They change their unhelpful internal dialogues and feel really differently about food. Generally, in about three months, we can start talking about ways to manage weight, and we can do it without bringing back the binges. If you feel like you can relate to some of the challenges I described with saying no, try being a bit different this week. Even if you say, I can do that for you in 20 minutes after I finish my workout, that's big progress compared to just dropping what you were doing on the spot. And if you think about it, dropping what you were doing on the spot probably led to feeling resentful and angry later because you were interrupted or you didn't get to do what you wanted to do. It's just as okay to say no as it is to say yes. The world will not end. People will survive. I encourage you to be brave enough to put weight loss goals aside for three months while you tackle binge eating. Give yourself time to just stabilize, heal from the scarcity mindset that dieting may have left you with, and take a vacation from trying to change your body 
That gives you more energy and focus to do the work needed to change your mind. You can focus on forming healthier thought patterns and coping skills and successfully breaking that binge eating pattern. It's fine if you have potato chips for lunch a few times. Just focus on not binging. When you feel empowered to make choices to eat more or less, to eat indulgently or lightly, and none of these things cause emotional fallout, you're in a much better place to explore if you want to gradually, healthfully lose weight. So give yourself time to create that mental space for yourself. If you're just starting this process, give yourself three months to work on not losing weight. This week, get some practice saying no and trusting that you and everyone else will be okay. You can practice saying no to someone else, or you can practice saying no to yourself. But either way, notice that the world keeps turning and everyone is just fine. I'll see you in the next episode as we continue the journey of breaking up with binge eating.